Welcome to It's Just Boxes, an Exologics podcast about logistics, supply chain technology, and automation. I'm Paul Patton, and today's guest is David Erickson, VP of Product Development at Logistiview. In this three-part series, David will discuss the ongoing gap between execution systems and labor standards, how that gap impacts company results, and how connected worker technology like Logistview helps close the gap. Both warehouse management and labor management systems predate the kinds of mobile technology and wireless networking that we take for granted today. For warehouse workers in those early days, mobile technology was the piece of paper you carried around with you. Well, the paper was mobile and the printer used to fill it out was technology. So the earliest iterations of both relied on non-mobile computers generating printed instruction and tally sheets that traveled with the work and the worker. Registering tallies and completions was a two-stage process, and that first stage used a pen or a pencil. At some point, someone who had access to the computer system would key in those results from the written information on the turned-in sheets. So keep in mind that not everybody even had PCs on their desk in those earliest days. Computing equipment was new, relatively expensive, and very foreign, even to a lot of the skill workers. So you have to imagine how you would implement the computed tracking of inventory and labor and equipment and convey those computed instructions out to a workforce that doesn't have access to technology, record the results from those workers also, but still without access to technology, whether the results are successful or unsuccessful, i.e. exceptions, and the access to the computing system itself just isn't ubiquitous like it is today. So of course this leads to a less accuracy in the entire system, more latency in reacting to exceptions. So problems encountered had bigger ripple effects and thus led to further inaccuracies and more problems. So warehouse management systems started solving that problem with the earliest RF terminals, these big ruggedized beasts, bricks, small screens, heavyweight, plugged into vehicle batteries and communicated by radio. The communication protocols themselves weren't standardized. And much like the early PC market, every player did their own thing. It still, it moved the instruction from a piece of paper to a screen and it narrowed the gap between the instructions being issued and the work being done. Changing conditions such as canceled work, canceled orders, canceled picks, missing or damaged stock, etc., could be reacted to in real time. And you could also gain the benefit of real-time validation at the point of work. This is when barcode scanning was also added to the mix. So you had real-time instructions on the screen that were probably more descriptive than you had on a piece of paper. You had real-time data entry in terms of keypads and keyboards and barcode scanners. And so for the first time, then work validation was getting combined with work instruction in a real-time way and reactions uh, to changing conditions uh, happen in a real-time way. So that's warehouse management side of the business. Engineered labor standards got their start more on the manufacturing floor before finding their way into the warehouse. Now, there are a couple of reasons for this. Manufacturing line work is more stationary and more predictable. You're not traveling around. You don't have to uh, go find things. Things come to you or are delivered to you. 
you also have to do things in a very set sequence or the assembly process doesn't work. You can't put this part on before you put the next part on. With exactly the known pieces and quantities, you know exactly how many widgets you're going to need to complete that assembly uh, at the quantities required. So as long as you know that bill of materials and the line sequence and the assembly process at each station, you can get a pretty clean expectation of both throughput and accrued time for any given workstation on any given day. Now compare that to the warehouse where the exact mix of vehicle travel and pieces assembled or palletized and the weights and the number of stops, et cetera, all vary by the day. It's a problem with just significantly more variables. Think of the pallet check as a moving workstation with a different assembly process, that being item selection and palletization required at every stop. The work surface changes, the location changes, the uh, size and weight of the, of the work surface that you're palletizing to all change at every given stop. It's very rarely the exact same decision mentally twice in a row. So if you look at the lack of computing capabilities in those early days and the uh, distance from computing to the work area in a warehouse, and the increased number of variables in the overall problem and system, it's no wonder why uh, those systems didn't originally start in the warehouse, that being labor management systems. Now that all changed. A pioneer in the industry, uh, a man named Gene Gagnon, had the vision to tackle this problem and realized that the newly emerging power of computing systems and the shrinking technology sizes uh, was going to make computing access more ubiquitous and therefore then computing could be brought to the problem of applying engineered standards in the warehouse. He realized that computing could help coalesce all of those variables into more digestible metrics called key volume indicators or KVIs. And if you could even capture KVI level process information, then software could be used to compute reasonable standards which form the basis of labor management and thus the advent of labor management systems into the warehouse itself. Some of the early iterations included the aforementioned printed tally sheets. Others had KVI entry on PCs, which were called microcomputers at the time, and the results were actually saved to floppy disks, and those disks were carried back to the larger servers and uh, by, by people working on the warehouse floor. Part of their job every day was to carry the day's floppy disk back uh, to the server person who would insert it and download the files that got generated uh, and, and they would take the floppy disks back for the next day's worth of files. That's right, before there was internet, there was sneaker net, electronic data carried on foot between computers. And you think your home Wi-Fi is slow. I actually had the pleasure of working with Gene. Uh, my company named McHugh Freeman at the time, later Red Prairie and today Blue Yonder, acquired Gene's company, Ganyan and Associates, back in 1997-98. Gene was semi-retired, but he was still very much a presence in the business and in the office, and is just a kind, gentle, but very insightful, very wise man. Uh, one of the mentors of my career I just feel eternally grateful to have encountered and spent time with. He was the first to really see the possibilities here, and then when he saw what computing technology could really do, uh, with a more robust platform. Uh, he and I used to just have long 
fun talks in my office about what we could do and share stories from the road and um, just became personal friends and, and again just a great mentor to me and I'll, I'll forever be grateful for that but this acquisition and, and others like it happening in the industry was how those two systems warehouse management and labor management started coming together as WMS became more real-time and dynamic uh, labor management or LMS needed to be more reactive as well so if the WMS is able to make all these changes on the fly it just simply wouldn't do to have labor management be working off a static set of data so the integrations between the two started tightening up as well as the market uh, players started tightening up and forming partnerships and in our case uh, M&A activity brought us all together however even as complementary products or modules in the same suite there are still gaps WMS is still mostly focused on inventory accuracy and order management, order completion, and not so much on all the minutiae that really drives labor requirements. Labor standard accuracy, as a rule, is inherently tied to the number of data points you can reliably and cheaply capture. So unless an execution system is capturing actions and motions down to the level where the process itself actually verifies the physical motions, the physical requirements uh, actually vary down at those, those very detailed levels. Unless you have an execution system able to detect and capture those, there will always be a gap between the engineered standard and the actual work that gets done. And that gap exists today up to a certain point. That's what we're gonna be talking more about in the rest of this talk. 